0: And you're back with Encounter with God here on Faith FM. We have another clue for the quiz because nobody has snapped it up yet. It is a hard Which one. Which is actually, this is actually a little unusual. Somebody's had a crack at it already. But um, since we got back from Ethiopia, it um, hasn't really been since, making it this far through the mornings.
1: Yeah, I've just been merciless with the difficulty uh, of our quizzes since we've come back from Africa. Okay, what number am I? Clue number four Jacob was filled with fear because Esau was coming to meet him with this many men. This many men. How many men was that?
0: If you know the answer to that question, then you know what number to call. Give us a call. 1 800 324 843 is the number. And let us know how many men Esau had under his command. Yes. Which in his day was, you know, a reasonable war band. Well, it's not
1: like there might have been more men under his command, but this is how many he was coming to meet Jacob with. Okay. Because Jacob and Esau had. These been. were his
0: household warriors.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. These were the ones who were front line coming out to sort out Jacob and. Take them to task and sort out their beef and yep. get all brotherly about it.
0: Indeed, because of course Esau did found a great nation, and maybe he already had a great nation by this point. Righto. Yes, the nation of Edom, the Edomites. What are they now? That's um, Jordan.
1: Oh, okay. Righto, righto, righto. Yeah,
0: Jordan. There you go. Anyway, we need to move on to our encounter with God section, um, and just want to say we had amazing. Didn't we have an amazing Easter service this this this? Oh, past- it was
1: so good. I yeah. particularly liked the quiz in the middle. That was just no, really bang yeah, on.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Do
1: you know, I I, uh, I broadcast the quiz. For those of you who aren't aware of what we're talking about, we had a special Easter program, uh, Easter service at Maitland Seminary Adventures Church this Sabbath on Saturday. And uh, we had a great time, lots of musical items and special items and two sermonettes, uh, Lyle spoke, and I did a little Easter quiz. And um, I decided to broadcast that that thing on Instagram while I was doing it from the front of church and actually people messaged me afterwards and said they want a copy of it so it must be pretty
0: good did anyone ask
1: you for a copy of your sermonette Lyle?
0: no yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and Lyle made a silly mistake during the quiz. Yeah, <laughs> it was most frustrating. Yes,
1: he did. The first question of the quiz was who rolled the tomb up the stone from the tomb of Jesus, and Lyle wrote down in his quiz card:
0: the bystanders. <laughs> See, I was multitasking, and I thought that you meant the, st- the stone on the tomb of Lazarus. And
1: why were we talking about the tomb of Lazarus I have at no Easter? Wow.
0: Idea. But then I was one point behind about five other people who were um, who were the winners, mm-hmm. and so there had to be a tiebreaker. And so the question was, what nation tried to legislate the dates for Easter? Yeah. And, of course, I knew that question instantly oh. because this was England, because England, you had the British Christians versus the uh, Celtic Christians in the north who kept different dates for Easter. Oh. Oh, okay. And of course, your British Christians were Sunday keepers, and your Celtic Christians were um, Sabbath keepers, and so you had all of these differences in dates and sacred worship, and so forth. And you know, there's some major church councils that took place, you know, like in the 1200s and so forth, uh, Council of Whitby and so forth, to try and sort all of this out. And uh, as it turned out, the king was nearly swayed by the Celtic Church because they really? came with biblical arguments. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But the, um, the the Roman Catholic Church came with political arguments and political power, and of course, the king went with where the power was. And, but From I, a political perspective, it was probably a smart move. But so uh,
1: was the was the political perspective to keep it in line with the moon cycles, because isn't that what it is at the moment?
0: Yes, yeah. that's right. Okay. It follows the cycle of the moon because it follows the same cycle as the great festival of Ishtar from so mm. long ago. Very yes, interesting. Yes, predates, predates Christianity by, by a couple of thousand years.
1: We're going to have to talk some more about Easter and its history as we get closer to the actual event. Yes. Um, Because we we, we were doing it a week earlier, so we could actually squeeze it in and have a good time. But yeah, it was a really great service, and you guys all missed out. Um, However, you don't have to keep missing out, because we do have another special program happening this Wednesday at the Maitland Church Library. Uh, It's 72A Brunswick Street in East Maitland, and it's the school holidays. Yay! Yay! School holidays start today. So, g'day, kiddies. I hope you're all sleeping in and having a riot uh, and if you would like to do something fun you can come along to the kids holiday day that's happening at Maitland Church at uh, 9am this Wednesday morning it's totally free you can come all come on come all bring your friends um, but yeah it's gonna be a great time so yeah come along to that but yeah Lyle my quiz it's winging its way to Columbia
0: your quiz is yep. going to Colombia. Yeah, one
1: of my followers uh, is in Colombia, and he wanted to do the quiz up the front at church at his church in Colombia. So that's where my quiz is now. Hang
0: oh, that, there you go. That's fantastic. Yeah, I yeah. thought I thought our radio quiz. On, like, we have listeners in Colombia, that's something new. I didn't know that. I knew nah, we had uh, Easter quiz. I knew we've had uh, people uh, listening in South America before, but um, yeah, there you go. Nice. Columbia. Oh, Lyle. Revelation 20 and verse 1. Yes. I know
1: that we're about to launch mm, into the thousand into years, uh-huh. but, yeah. but. Yeah. We have had some little geniuses contact us and they've answered the quiz. Okay. So they've called in Hope and Kelvin and they have got it correct. The number was 400. Uh, congratulations, Hope and Kelvin. Uh, they are from the Maitland area as well, I believe, and they have won themselves a copy of the Antichrist Agenda. Ten Commandments twice removed. Dun, dun, dun. And uh, we'll be sending you a copy of this. Hope and Kelvin, good on ya.
0: Okay, there you go. Congratulations to Hope and Calvin um, from the Maitland area. Okay, so Revelation chapter twenty and verse one. Uh, Mon, in fact, Mon, why don't you read for us the first three verses? And just as a, I just should should uh, give a little bit of background from last week because it has been the weekend. Yes. Okay, so from last week, basically what we had was in Revelation chapter 19, the second half, a description of the second coming of Jesus. We see Jesus leave heaven with the angels. We find him arriving here on this earth. We find the destruction of the wicked. Of course, we know that this coincides with you know, the resurrection of the righteous and the righteous being taken to heaven. So that was our Bible study for last week. What we need to find out is what happens next after the return of Jesus. So Jesus returns, then what? Let's find out. Okay.
1: 20 verses 1 to 3, you said? Yep. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven with the key to the bottomless pit and a heavy chain in his hand. He seized the dragon, that old serpent who is the devil, Satan, and bound him in chains for a thousand years. The angel threw him into the bottomless pit, which he then shut and locked so Satan could not deceive the nations anymore until the thousand years were finished. Afterward, he must be released for a little while.
0: Okay, this is an awesome Bible study and I can't, wow. get, can't wait to get into it right here, the study of the Crazy thousand years. But imagery. before, we do, before yes. we do, we do need to notice that this is in the context, remember from last week, of the wedding.
1: Okay, I've never heard of a wedding that came with a bottomless pit and a bunch of chains.
0: Well, there you go. Or any okay. serpents?
1: Is this is I just want to is this all imagery? Like is this all symbolic or is there like a legit a bottomless pit.
0: If you want to know the answer to that question, you're going to have to keep listening because the Bible tells you exactly whether this is spiritual, symbolic, a real place, a uh, myth or an allegory. The Bible is going, going to give us those answers.
1: I know some of people have them inside of them. In fact, if boys. you want
0: to know where the bottomless pit is, no, it's not inside a teenage boy.
1: Well, they're pretty hungry all the time. If you
0: want to know where the bottomless pit is, The Bible is going to tell you the exact location of the bottomless pit.
1: Really? So we can go see it right now? Jump in the car, put the GPS coordinates You will have to wait and find out. Oh, goodness. All suspense! You will have to
0: wait and find out. Okay. Can you find it with a GPS? This is a question that needs to be answered. And it will be answered from the Bible. Okay, so um, we were talking about this in the context of the wedding. So last week, you know, we read we read uh, verses like uh, Revelation 19, uh, verse seven. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to Him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and His wife has made herself ready. And we talked about some of the symbolism that there was in a Jewish wedding. And so, when a Jewish wedding, one of the things that you'd do is that the the, the bride would make herself ready. She, in fact, she had to be ready all the time. Uh, the husband would go when his when his when he, the the mansion that he had been preparing for his wife was up to scratch. The father had come through and inspected it and said, "Yes, this is this is uh, this is good enough." Then. The The groom would go to get his wife. He would announce uh, his arrival with a trumpet call. She would have, have a mad flurry around and make herself ready. Um, there would be a pre-wedding party that would take place at the in-laws' home. And then they would go to the groom's home. And there would be a ceremony that would take place over quite a number of days. During that ceremony, there would be bouncers. mm mm-hmm. At the doors To make sure that anybody who was uninvited Was not allowed in In other words This was a celebration time This was a time that was set aside From anyone Who would cause any trouble And so here we've got uh, The symbolism of the wedding And we find that Satan Who is the one who likes to keep trouble The bouncers are keeping him out He is not invited to this particular wedding
3: you're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
0: Okay, so Satan's not invited to this wedding, and uh, as a result of that, there is going to be peace for a thousand years. Kind of a long wedding.
1: It sounds nice. Yeah,
0: I have noted that. In uh, in in fact, I was found this interesting in when we were in Ethiopia, because we were talking about weddings and I can't remember exactly why it was, probably a similar context to this context right here. In fact, we were talking about the wedding feast in Cana and uh, what took place on the third day of that wedding feast. And in the process, I'm like, hey, you know, in the United States, a wedding takes a couple of hours. In Australia, it takes most of a day. Um, You know, some countries it takes a bit longer than that. How long does a wedding take in Ethiopia? And uh, of course, that then went out through the translator, and then the message came back through the translator. And it's like it takes a week.
1: Wow, it takes a week.
0: week to get married.
1: That's insane.
0: I think that's awesome.
1: Yeah, well, I think mm.
0: that's. I think that is getting your money's worth out of your wedding.
1: I mean, they, that's for sure. That's for sure. But I think how much be does be a exhausting. wedding dress cost, Mon? Ah, uh, several thousand dollars.
0: And how often do you, how how if you get married in America for how long will you wear that dress?
1: Oh, it's just a few hours, really.
0: Uh huh. And in Australia, you might wear it for a day. A day. Yeah. Um. Go to Ethiopia, you can wear it all week.
1: It'd be so smelly by the end of the week. No, just send that to the dry cleaner each night because it's fresh the next day. I don't
0: know. I don't think they wear the same thing all week by any stretch of the imagination. Does, is this
1: uh, is this does this include the honeymoon though? So like are they talking like when they're saying like a thousand year wedding, are they talking about just a celebration, like just a reception? Or are they also talk about the honeymoon? Because the Bible does say some interesting things about honeymoon periods, like in Deuteronomy. Freely? It says, yeah, have you never heard? This is why I want a one-year honeymoon, because it's totally biblical. Biblical. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are you
0: going to go for your one-year honeymoon, Mon?
1: Around the entire planet. And dude, how, you gonna, how are you
0: going to fund this? Uh, fund this? <laughs> who, who is this wealthy person well, that you have not met yet?
1: I'm taking applications for millionaires only. But, um, <laughs> but Deuteronomy does say that when <laughs> a man not a has taken not a, a new wife, he is free one year from business or military duty to cheer up the wife that he has taken. That's literally what it says. That's
0: exactly what it says. It says indeed, and there's good counsel even today. All right, to cherish his wife, it says in the Old English. I like that.
1: No, oh, that's sweet. Yeah, 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 very sweet. So All why right. don't we do that anymore? Come on, guys, one year, one year off, one year off. You know what? Honey, it's like maternity my, leave, you, honeymoon leave. Oh, you know oh, yeah. what I did
0: in the first year of my marriage? What's that? Um, let me th- let me think. I changed continents. <laughs> I uh, sorry, we changed continents. We moved house twice. uh Oh. Um, we ran an, a major evangelistic campaign. We started a small business. That's hard work uh-huh. for anyone who's done that. That, you know, it was a ministry that lasted for the next 10 years. Um, so you can imagine what that took. Um, uh, we had our first child 10 months after our wedding. Just saying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Go on, your uh, wife is turning red.
0: <laughs> and uh, I, I think I, th- I think that's probably enough, though, isn't
1: it? Yeah, that, that's more than enough. Ch- change,
0: change continents, move house twice, um, start a small business, run a major evangelistic campaign, and have a baby, and have a baby. That's probably enough.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah I th- we, you we definitely weren't following ex- biblical counsel. Didn't, where didn't exactly follow biblical counsel. <laughs> Okay, yeah. so a thousand year wedding. Here we have basically with bouncers that won't let the devil in to ruin. That's right. Them.
0: He okay. is being kept in the bottomless pit. Which Which is a, which we is are a going great
1: example for how we need to view our marriages. We need to not let the devil in.
0: That's a really, really fantastic observation. Thank yeah. you for making that observation. No worries. Okay, so to understand the millennium, we need to understand what it is that marks the beginning and the end of the millennium.
1: Okay. Yep. That's a good okay point. so a thousand year point mm-hmm. we've,
0: we, 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 we've got a rough idea of what happens in the middle and we're going to talk more about what happens in the middle but it's the markers at either end that we need to focus in on because that's what's really going to explain for us um, the purpose for the millennium that being you know a thousand annum year a thousand years thousand year period mm-hmm So we need to to understand the purpose for the thousand years, but we need to understand the markers at either end. So obviously the millennium begins with the return of Jesus, right? Yes. We're going to look at this from a number of perspectives. First of all, what happens to the people when Jesus comes back? Secondly, what happens to the earth when Jesus comes back? Thirdly, where is the bottomless pit? And fourthly, how, in other words, what kind of a chain is Satan chained up? With
1: yeah, that's a good yeah Cause yeah. Because if mm. you
0: take your average deal chain that is maybe holding your that the gate on your on your fence shut and try and wrap it around Satan, you're not going to yeah, have n- too much success. You're not getting very far mm. with that. No, you're not. Okay, so we're going to start by looking at the people. What happens to the people when Jesus comes back? Let's uh, hold your finger here, Mon, and go over to uh, the Gospel of John. I'm going to read you a verse over here in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, and chapter 5, verse, 27, no, verse 28 and 29. The Bible says, Do not marvel at this, for there hour is coming in which all that are in the graves. Notice where people are at the end of time. They're not in heaven, they're not in hell. The Bible says they are in the graves. We'll hear his voice. They will come forth. And notice what it says. Those that have done good to the resurrection of life. Those that have done evil to the resurrection of damnation or condemnation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you've got two resurrections right here. Okay. We, we got that so far? Yeah, got it. What we next need to find out is which one comes first. The resurrection of life. Or the resurrection of damnation. If you flick over to Revelation chapter 20, Revelation chapter 20, and we will go down to verse 6. The Bible says, Blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. So, which one is the resurrection of life according to that verse?
1: Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection for them. This, mm, that's like the, the the good guys, basically. Yeah, the resurrection yeah, yeah, of life. Yeah.
0: So the first resurrection is the resurrection of life. If you have someone, one that is the first, then obviously you have a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, that makes the second resurrection
1: the one the condemnation. The resurrection
0: of damnation. Yeah. Exactly right. Okay. So we've got two resurrections here. And if you want to find out what happened to the rest of the dead, you know, blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. So what happens to the rest of the dead? In other words, those who are not blessed and holy, the Bible simply says that they did not live again until the thousand years were finished.
1: Oh, so there's like a thousand years in between these two resurrections. There's a
0: thousand year gap. So your, 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 your basic thing that, your basic demarcation that gives you the beginning and the end of the thousand years, the basic Events are the two resurrections. Gotcha. So, blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. The rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished.
1: That should be a pretty easy thing to witness then. Yes. People coming out of the graves, kind of an unmissable event. Yeah, either of them. You're not going to miss
0: this. Okay. All right. So, this is what we have so far. Two resurrections. So when Jesus comes back, what happens to all the people? If we go over to 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and I wonder if you could read for us, Mon, please, verse 16 through 18.
1: As soon as I can find where I've stuck Thessalonians.
0: Yeah, you've probably put it where you last left it, somewhere. There it is. 1 Thessalonians what? Chapter 4. Chapter 4 and verse? 16 and 17.
1: For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First, the Christians who have died will rise from their graves. Then, together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air.
0: Okay, let's stop there for a moment. What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say happens to the righteous who are dead? when Jesus comes back?
1: The righteous who are damaged. So they're going to be they're gonna be risen. They rise from the dead and they're, they're going the to uh, rise up to meet Jesus in the air.
0: Yes, they rise up to meet Jesus in the air. What, what does the Bible say happens to the righteous who are alive when Jesus comes back?
1: Uh, there's a, they sort of go up with them.
0: Yeah, yeah so we yeah. all meet Jesus yeah, in yeah, the air. Yeah, yeah, All right, when we meet Jesus in the air, where does Jesus take us?
1: Um, it, says it doesn't up say in, the in this class. passage. No, it just says it will be with the Lord forever. That's how the yes. verse finishes. Okay, so here's yeah. what
0: here's what the Bible says in John chapter fourteen. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Mm-hmm. In my Father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. That's in heaven. And if I go to heaven to prepare a place for you in heaven, I will come a- again to this earth to receive you unto myself. That where I am, you in heaven. Yourself there you may be also. Okay, so what we've got here is a promise that Jesus is coming back to this earth and that the righteous, the resurrected, and the living be taken Rock to
2: heaven. Ages, clear for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy womb side which floor, be of sin, a double pure. Save from wrath and make me pure. Not the name of my hands can fulfill thy lost demons.
0: Uh, Norton Hall band with Rock of Ages, and of course, talking through soaring through worlds unknown when God is on His judgment throne. That is definitely a millennium song right there.
1: Hey, <coughs> amen. Sorry, I got a frog in my
0: throat. Is the frog now dead?
1: Yeah, I killed him. Okay. I don't really like amphibians <laughs> or reptiles.
0: <laughs> no, they're kind of cool. They're just kind of cold. No,
1: no, I'd sooner rodents any day.
0: You've had a, an, an enjoyable weekend with rodents, Mon. <laughs> oh, I just want to kill that mouse. <laughs> <laughs> but it could have been a green tree frog. They do come in the house. I, w- I
1: no, um, so if I had to touch one, I'd rather touch the mouse than the frog. But in at fact, the same time, they, they the f- regularly
0: invade our bathroom, and we throw them back out the window. But.
1: Yeah, but but unless it's croaking, I feel like a frog would have been a bit more quiet than the mouse. So for those of you who are wondering what's going on, I was terrorised all Friday night. From about midnight onwards I didn't get a wink of sleep because this mouse was just running around my room causing a ruckus like you would not believe. He was so cheeky! Sometimes I'd hit the light and I'd see him just sitting there looking at me and I'd look at him and then if I moved he would like dash under the bed and then like one time I just watched him climb my curtains and then come back down again and then one time I I kid you not. I was hearing him making a ruckus on my bedside table. So I reach (laughs) over and I flick on the lamp and he's sitting on the lampshade. Like just above where my hand is, and we like sort of deadlocked <laughs> eyeballs, like who's gonna move first? And then just like parachuted off my bedside table towards me, and uh, and like repelled down the the, uh, the lamp cord and went under the bed. I think I st- he was just having fun. Yeah, he was having a blast. He was having he was just absolute balls. There's a human
0: in this room. Yeah,
1: yeah, let's party. Anyway, <laughs> let's he g- keep
0: them awake all night.
1: Yeah. Anyway, but still, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, he's pretty cute. Like, I have a thing for rodents. I like squirrels. I like dassies. I like quokkas. They're all cool in my book. Chipmunks.
0: He did, you know, they do kind of poop everywhere. But anyway. Yeah. If anyway. they were toilet trained, that might make a bit of a difference. But we need to get oh, back to our great. Bible study. I don't know how we got onto that, but we frogs. somehow a frog did. In my
1: throat. We talked about amphibians.
0: Daringly, oh, mm-hmm. distractions that come through in Faith FM. We're gonna lose our jobs here one of these days. One of these.
1: <laughs> one of these days.
0: we be like, why are you talking about frogs?
1: Okay, First Thessalonians four seventeen.
0: Yes, then. that's right So we were talking about what happens to the righteous when Jesus comes back So now what we find is that all of the righteous are alive And they are all in heaven mm-hmm. So now we need to find out what happens to the wicked when Jesus comes back So we'll turn over the page to First uh, Second Thessalonians chapter 1 Second Thessalonians chapter one and mon if you could read for us verse seven eight and nine please
1: and god will provide rest for you who are being persecuted and also for us when the lord jesus appears from heaven he will come with his mighty angels in flaming fire, bringing judgment on those who don't know God and those who refuse to obey the good news of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with eternal destruction, forever separated from the Lord and from his glorious power.
0: Okay. So it sounds
1: kind of scary, but the stupid thing is, it, it's just so simple for us to avoid being in that group.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's
1: mind-boggling. Like No one needs to be the Anyone who's listening now thinking, man, that's scary and horrible. I hope it won't be me. You don't have to hope it won't be you. You can know it won't be you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, go on. And you can make that decision today. You can Ab- make you can that make- decision right now. right now. Absolutely. Just give your life to Jesus Christ. Yeah. Commit your life fully and completely to him. Ask him to come into your heart and to... Um, to- so and, that you can experience that conversion experience. And you can
1: read it right there in those verses, bringing judgment on those who don't know God and those who refuse to obey the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. So basically reverse it. Know God and obey him and, you know, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. It's 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 your own decision. Wherever you end up, it's not as the result of God, like, picking and choosing. It's, it's your own choice. It's your yeah. own choice which side you're on.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, let's... See then um, what we have here. Okay, so what happens to the to the wicked when Jesus comes back? The wicked who are living,
1: uh, they're going to be punished with eternal destruction, forever separated from the Lord and His glorious power.
0: Okay, so they're destroyed. Yes, Yep. So now we have all the wicked who are dead. Yeah. Um, what happens to the wicked who are dead? As we read before in Revelation twenty and verse five, the Bible says, "The rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished." And so when Jesus comes back at the beginning of the thousand years, here's what happens to all of the people. All of the righteous are now alive and in heaven. All of the wicked are now dead and are on earth. Correct. So how many people are alive on earth now?
1: Uh, it depends. Human beings?
0: Human beings. None. None. Okay, yeah, like let's this. read a couple of verses in relationship to this. Let's go to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Uh, where the Bible makes this super clear, Jeremiah, chapter 25, verse 31 to
1: 33. I'm still in Isaiah. Oh, Jeremiah, 31, you said?
0: 31 to 33.
1: Chapters 31 to 33? Yeah, yeah, why
0: don't you read those chapters? No, chapter 25. <laughs> oh, chapter 25. <laughs> verse
1: 31 That's to 33. Twenty-five verses, 31 to 33. His cry of judgment will reach the ends of the earth, for the Lord will bring his case against all the nations. He will judge all the people of the earth, slaughtering the wicked with the sword. I, the Lord, have spoken. This is what the Lord of Hovind's armies says. Look, disaster will fall upon nation after nation. A great whirlwind of fury is rising from the most distant corners of the earth. In that day, those the Lord has slaughtered will fill the earth from one end to the other. No one will mourn for them or gather up their bodies to bury them. They will be scattered on the ground like manure.
0: Wow. Okay, that's, uh, that's pretty intense. intense right there. But the Bible says that nobody will mourn for them. Nobody will gather them up. Nobody will bury them. Why is that?
1: Well, I mean, we just established that no one's going to be living on the earth, right? I no human beings. So, like, who's going to bury who if they're all dead? Exactly. Like, if only you and I left, how can I bury you if I'm dead too?
0: So, the earth has been completely depopulated of all living Inhabitants. Yeah. There is like, no one left alive here on this earth.
1: It's a double Thanos snap is what that is. Everyone's gone. Everyone's gone. Everyone's gone. Absolutely. Yep.
0: Thanos the lower.
1: Yep, yeah. <laughs> That's it.
0: Okay, so then we go to look at what happens to the world, the earth, when Jesus comes back. And I'm just going to give a couple of illustrations here. Lots of different verses we could look at, but uh, I'll give you a couple of highlights. Let's go to Revelation chapter 16.
1: Revelation 16. Revelation is such an exciting book, Lyle.
0: And we're going to, uh, of course, Revelation has the seven last plagues in it. We read about those plagues. I'm just going to show you just one plague, just as, as an example. Just look at one plague. Go on. Go on. Okay. Revelation 16 and verse
1: 18. Says, then the thunder crashed and rolled and lightning flashed. And a great earthquake struck, the worst since people were placed on the earth. Wow.
0: Okay, you want to know wow. how you want to know how big this earthquake is?
1: This thing is going to shake the whole universe off its axis.
0: Do you want to know how big it is? Go on. Read verse
1: twenty. Twenty, and every island disappeared. All the mountains were leveled. Whoa,
0: that's a big earthquake.
1: Whoa, God basically
0: comes down to earth and just flattens the place. So, wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. This is not. This is not the bit where everyone dies. This is before then?
0: After, during, process of, okay. etc. I
1: was going to say, cause who's going to survive that?
0: Uh. Mm. All right, verse 21. Just in case anything does survive this earthquake, verse 21.
1: Uh, oh, it's, oh, I went to chapter. There was a terrible hailstorm and hailstones weighing as much as 75 pounds fell from the sky onto the people below. They cursed God because of the terrible plague of the hailstorm.
0: You and your American translation that gives it to us in pounds. Whoever uses pounds these days. I
1: can tell you right now, it's about 35 kilos.
0: Yeah, and that'll flatten anything. That when, it comes, flatten when they come anything. raining down, those are big rocks. Those are hailstones, the site of, of watermelons wow. falling out of the sky. And so what you're going to find is not only is the earth depopulated, but the earth is wrecked. God is taking it back to scratch, and he's taken it back to the condition it was at the time of creation. This is Anna up
4: Softly and tenderly Jesus is calling. Calling for you and for me. See on the bottles. He's waiting and watching. Watching for you and for me is Mers.
3: To Faith FM, positively different radio. Forgiveness. It's easier said than done. But
1: now there's a new approach to help us be more forgiving. A program called Forgive to Live. It's designed to help us all improve our lives. You'll discover the healing power of forgiveness. A relationship breakdown, long term hurt, unresolved conflict. Through Forgive to Live, you can break this cycle and start living a more forgiving life. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au.
0: Looking for some free, wholesome fun for the kids these school holidays?
1: Maitland Church Library is having its annual holiday fun day for six to nine-year-olds.
0: Activities include songs, crafts,
1: Bible stories, and snacks. Oh, snacks! This is a one-day-only special event on Wednesday, April 17, starting at nine a.m.
0: To register, call 0411 760.
1: Address is 72 Brunswick Street, East Maitland.
0: Kids, you are welcome to bring all your friends, but book now as spaces are limited.
1: That number again is zero four double one triple two seven six zero.
4: The world, right from the start.
0: Back, guys. This is uh, Eric and Monique with the word here on Faith FM. And it has come time for question of the day. So if you have a question that you would like to send in for question of the day, then give us a call one eight hundred three two four eight four three, 324 843 or text us on 0491-064-669 with your question and we will answer it right here on Faith FM.
1: Indeed. And today's question that has come in is this. Lyle, are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. It's a pretty difficult one. What is... The Hinnom Valley.
0: Okay, so the Hinnom Valley, also known as the Valley of the Son of Hinnom or Ben-Hinnom Valley, is a valley just outside of ancient Jerusalem. Now, this was an area in which very, very early on in the history of Israel, it became associated with uh, idolatry. And so during the reign of Manasseh and King Ahaz, this was a place where child sacrifice was. Took place. And in those days, child sacrifice involved uh, burning the child with fire. And so the Valley of Hinnom became associated with fire and with the destruction of people by fire. Then, of course, you have the reign of uh, King Josiah who comes along and brings a great revival to Judah. And as a result of that, the Bible says he cuts down all of the groves and the hedges and destroys all of the worship places where they had been worshiping and sacrificing and uh, you know, following all of these false gods. And because of that, um, this is an area that would have been destroyed by Josiah, probably where he started And then what they did was, to ensure that this was never, ever used as a place of worship again, uh, they turned this place of worship into a rubbish dump. So they defiled it as much as they possibly could, and then they turned it into a rubbish dump. And so if you go to the Valley of Hinnom today, you'll find that the floor of that valley is at least 100 metres above its original level. Yeah, And that's kind of typical in archaeology where you've got sites that have a long period of uh, habitable history. They do build up uh, extensively over time. And so it's been built up by about 100 metres or 300 feet uh, from the original uh, surface of the valley. And it's not such a steep valley as it once was. The important thing about this particular valley is what Jesus has to say about it. So in uh, um, Mark chapter... Uh, nine, you'll find this statement right here where he refers to the Hinnom Valley. He says, and who's, where is it? Verse 43, if your hand offends you, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. The interesting fact here is that hell is translated in the New Testament from the word Hades, but not here. This is not Hades, this is the Hinnom Valley or Gehenna or Gehinnom as it was called. And so here Jesus talks about going into the fire that never shall be quenched. What does that actually mean to go into the fire that never shall be quenched? In ancient Israel, in Jerusalem, in the rubbish dump, you had people who were employed to tend the rubbish dump. And so what their work to do was to keep the fires burning. So you, you had to get rid of the rubbish, you would burn the rubbish, and so there'd be a whole process of keeping those fires burning so that the rubbish would never build up. Now, of course, there were many things that were thrown into the rubbish dump, but being an agrarian society where the primary means of transport, of course, was by animals, um, any animals that died, they were not allowed to be eaten by the Israelites, that they died by themselves, and so they would be thrown into the rubbish dump. Also, poor people, beggars and so forth, who had no relatives, would be thrown into the rubbish dump as well. Now, bodies, of course, you had to set them aside so that the worms could do their work once the uh, maggots had done their work. Your body being 70% water and the carcass had dried out somewhat, it would be burned in the fire as well. And the long and the short of it was that nothing ever came out of the valley of Hinnom, the Hinnom Valley. It was a place of total annihilation. And so Jesus uses it as an example of hellfire at the end of time, which is why most translations translate the word hell into this particular passage right here. And so Jesus is basically saying, okay, if you want to know what hell looks like, look over here into the bottom of the valley. You'll find a fire that is burning and, it, and worms that are doing their work to prepare the bodies, and then they are being turned to ash. And the Bible says that hellfire, at the end of time, turns people to ash.
1: Thank you so much. If you have a question, call it through. 1-800-FAITH-FM is our number. Or message us through any of our social media platforms. We'd love to answer that thing online for you.
5: So many times I've questioned certain circumstances or things I could not understand Many times in trials weakness blurs my vision and my frustration gets so out of hand Just then I am reminded i have never I've never had to stand the test alone. As I look at all the victories, the spirit rises up in me. It's through the fire my weakness is made strong. He never promised that the cross would not get heavy or the hill would not be hard. Do crime He never offered Victory without fighting But he said Help would always come in time Just remember when you're standing In the valley of decision And the adversary says Give in Just hold Lord will show up, and He will take you through the fire again. I know within myself that I would surely perish, if I trust the hand of God, He'll shield the flames again. Cross would not get heavy, it would, would not be hard to, hard to climb, no, he never offered victory without fighting, but he said help would always, always come. come.
0: That was Randy Travis with Through the Fire here on Faith FM. We are about to give something away. And if you were listening to the interview of the day with Ross Wells as he was telling a most dramatic story about his life. Loved it. uh, And how this book transformed his life, turned him to Jesus Christ, then we're going to give this book away. This
1: book has transformed the lives of many men. Myself uh, included. Yeah, that's right. And you can get a copy of it completely for free here this morning. All you have to do is be the first person to call through right now. Our number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. The book is called The Great Controversy. It's an incredible, life-changing book. Uh, It goes through history, goes through the time we are in now, and it goes through the future as well. It's written by E.G. White, and uh, it's a beautiful edition that we have here wonderful um, color cover and has little pictures inside as well it's really really tremendous reading like you should I think that's interesting
0: what you just said this has transformed the life of many men mm. yeah out of all of uh, Ellen white's books I think this one is one that really does appeal to men
1: it, d- it really does yeah, yeah. Um,
0: I think that uh, probably desire of ages might appeal to you know women more so than mm-hmm. the great controversy does but in my experience, this is a book that really appeals to men.
1: Yeah, it absolutely does. It absolutely And if you're
0: does. a woman who would like to know what men are into, then hey, yeah, give us a call. Give <laughs> give us a call. <laughs> this book is for everyone. It yeah. is a fantastic book.
1: Don't forget, kids, it's uh, school holidays. I'm sure you haven't forgotten it's school holidays. In fact, our next song, especially for you guys, is by JJ Heller. This is a light of mine. But don't forget that we have our Wednesday special uh, holiday day happening at the Maitland Church Library. You can um, give them a call and sign up there for a free holiday fun day.
0: And of course, there are other similar programs happening around the country. So if you would like to know where one is happening in your location, give us a call. We will try and see what we can dig up for you. There are other uh, holiday programs at various churches happening around Australia. Yes, wholesome, clean
1: fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And
0: And if you're a parent who needs a little bit of a breather in the middle of the week, then this is your solution. Anyway, stay tuned, guys. This is JJ Heller, This Little Light of Mine.
3: Yeah.